The first question that came in is from Joe Bernstein, a member of Local 22 in New Jersey. Brother Bernstein asks what the plan is to gain market share in the sheet metal industry. Wow, that's a good question. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts to that question. I will say that in February of 2019, SMART conducted its five-year strategic plan, trying to look out what that looks like um, in the next five years and what do we need to do as a union um, to prepare for the next five years. We assembled 80 representatives from the U.S. and Canada, sheet metal, transportation, large unions, small unions. Over, over the period of almost two days, we came up with three strategic goals with many strategies and tactics that were included in those strategic goals. Right now, we've assembled teams and we are developing a champion of that team for each one of these tasks. We will be disseminating our findings to local unions or disseminating them to leadership. And this is one of the major goals of, of our, our three strategic goals. So that's gonna to go to leadership in transportation and sheet metal. Growing market share is not just organizing, it's recruiting, it's retaining, it's bringing in new employers, it's bringing in new members, it takes in technology, it's capturing emerging markets, it's growing those markets uh, that we have an opportunity to grow. And maybe a good example of that is the architectural industry. Several years ago, we did a study on architectural sheet metal work and looked at the 26 to 40% growth pattern. So as an organization, we got ITI and we got ITI to do task force training. And then we have contractor growth and we have the organizing department. And then we have members because it's all of us pulling on the rope together to be able to capture as much work as we, as we possibly can and capture the hours, every available hour that we can get. So, you know, members making sure they're going to task force training and making sure that we're providing the training in areas where they're having that, that growth pattern of 26 to 40%, that's a big plan. That's a big growth spurt. So those are some of the things that, uh, that we're doing. That's what we've done. As we look out at the next five years, we're going to continue to implement our strategic plan. That's maybe an example, but we've made significant progress in the architectural industry. And I think that we can use that as a sample and apply it in other areas to capture and regain market share. So it's basically tuning everybody in as an organizer, in a way, to growing the market and growing our presence. You are right. If you look in the Constitution, we are all organizers. And it's our responsibility and duty to make sure that we are organizing the unorganized. It's not somebody else's job. It's each one of our jobs. So Michael Ganuso, a transportation division member, asks, what is the status of two-person crew legislation in the United States? And where are things with the FRA on this issue? So um, SMART, SMART has been successful on state levels. Um, they provided legislation demanding two-person crew or mandating two-person crew. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just had uh, in the state of Virginia, um, just this week, we had the passage uh, of two-person crew, which mm -hmm. is on the governor's desk, right, which we expect to be signed. But state by state, we're, we're making progress. Illinois, Colorado, Nevada, 
New Mexico. And, and I think our charge is to continue to, to do that statewide. There is no doubt that the FRA and the switch in position that they've made has had a dramatic impact on two-person crew. And it's unfortunate that the administration is having that direct influence over the Department of Transportation, the direct influence over the actions of the FRA, and quite frankly, the actions of the NTSB at the harm and risk of our members and their safety. But we need to be diligent, we need to be vigilant, and we cannot lose energy around providing safety and safety issues for our members and our workers. It doesn't matter what sector we come from. We need to continue to work hard for that, and we need every member to make sure that they are engaged in that subject. That's what we do, and that's what we need to do, and we're going to continue to do a better job every day from this day forward to make sure our members are safe. You mentioned the NTSB. Can you clarify what's been going on with the NTSB lately? So the National Transportation Safety Board has decided not to launch an investigation on, on the rail, in the rail industry. Uh, we've had three deaths since August. We've had members ran over, and NTSB has failed to launch an investigation as to what that is. That seems to be criminal to me. Seems to be why isn't the National Transportation Safety Board able to go in and find out why a train ran over a brother, why a train derailed and plowed gravel over, go over a brother and they could not identify our brother and they had to use DNA. That seems to be criminal to me. We need to continue to make sure that we're, we're pushing and we're pushing and we're pushing and engaging our membership, family and friends, so that we can provide a better safe environment for our, our workers, our members, so that they can go home to their families. You know, this was a tragedy as well, and it was a tragedy that everybody heard about. It affected a lot of people, but weren't they immediately at that other accident last week that occurred? So yeah, we are we are on the heels we are on the heels of the uh, the unfortunate passing of the helicopter crash that Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other victims um, casualties. They're out there investigating that. But when a worker gets killed on the railroad, no investigation. They claim that it's mm -hmm. budget. We know better, and uh, we need to make sure that we continue uh, to push on that. Continue Absolutely. on affecting change to make sure our members are protected better. Kelly Ahart, a local 104 member from the Bay Area, asks, what is the international doing to recruit women into the trade? So I've, I've had the uh, pleasure of going to the Trades Women Build Nations conference that was in uh, Minnesota, the largest crowd that I've ever spoke to. I was escorted to the stage by 17 energized women that loved their union and loved what they were doing. And when I got to the stage, I've never been escorted to a stage before. But when I got to the stage, they said, we're going to be here when you're done and we're going to escort you out. Um, so we've, we've grown from having a few, 5, 10, 20. This past year, we had 238. 
women at this conference. Again, I had an opportunity to speak to the big group, but then I went into a caucus and I, and I really spoke to that, uh, our sisters, 238 of them, as, uh, for two hours. So I was able to hear their concerns. I was able to hear uh, where, where they're at. And quite frankly, some of their stories, stories are horrifying. Some of the things that women share with us that's happening to them on the job site is repulsive. And we as a union need to step up. We need to stand up. We cannot have any one of our members being harmed. And, and being able to create a maybe a, just a woman's committee in a local union. Because a woman, I think, would rather call another sister about being pinned down on a job. Not tell Joe Sellers, right? What do I do? How do I handle the situation? So we're creating uh, women's committees around the country. We have a national women's committee that has really helped us to identify things that we can do uh, as an industry to, to make it better. Um, those are some of the things that we're doing. We're going to, at the upcoming Partners in Progress Conference, we're going to have a women's committee meet SMACNA's women's committee so that it's, it's the industry dealing with these issues. Recruitment mm -hmm. and retention uh, is a big deal for, for every organization. And if we're not going to step up, uh, we're not going to be able to recruit. We're not going to be able to retain. I will also say that recently in uh, local 265 in Illinois, they were able to do the first maternity leave in the country for for our sisters for for you know maternity leave. So that's a that's a good start. Local 66, Seattle, Washington, has started daycare, uh, so members can attend. Union meetings, women, men, uh, so that they can dedicate the time to to go to a meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, our Department of Education, we're doing diversity training. We're doing diversity training in, in locals where it's union representatives, it's union workers, it's superintendents of employees and employers. And when an employer hears that one of their workers got pinned down on a job, they have the same reaction that I do, as they should. Right. And we have to open Absolutely. our eyes. This isn't a this isn't an issue that happened 20 years ago. This happened last week. Yeah. So and 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 we are we are making incremental progress, and we're going to do better tomorrow than what we did today. We also have a website with resources for smart women at smartwomen.org. You can also sign up for text messages. For smart women by texting the word sisters to 21333. We have a final question, and this one just came in. You might, it's an interesting question. A lot of people have been asking this question. Dwayne Holman, a member from Local 18 in Wisconsin, asks Who are we going to support for president? Another good question. Right now, we are going to support a candidate. Right now, there are a lot of people in the race. And we need to see how things pare down. Right now, we are messaging our members on union values. We are messaging our members on pocketbook issues. What affects your work? What affects your workplace? What affects uh, your working life? FRA, like we talked about, NTSB. We got to couple all that together and understand this is coming from the administration. We talked a lot about pension, right? Coming from the administration. 
right? You talk about IRAPs. you talk about IRAPs, industry related apprenticeship programs, not registered programs. The ones that we were trying to to work on, right? Uh, no, industry recognized apprenticeships. Now that whole thing has changed and shifted over time. Uh, whether it has to do with our taxes, right? So all corporations going back to give it to the corporations, corporation taxes dropped. Well, guess what? My taxes went up January 1, 2018. And I would suspect many of our taxes went up of our brothers and sisters. Mine went up 6,000. 6,000. So you, you you take a look at what's coming out of uh, maybe the Department of Labor and the and the industry-recognized apprenticeship programs, and you come out of the Republican Senate Committee on pensions, and you come out with the FRA, and you come out with switching on uh, two-person crew, and then you come out on NTSB, all of a sudden can't launch when a poor brother goes to work and, and doesn't isn't able to come home that day, whether it's taxes, whether it's the Supreme Court, we need to understand that all these are coupled together and our union worker values and what affects us, what affects our pocketbooks, what affects our family needs to be the issue. And we are, we are going through an education program trying to make sure that we and our members recognize all these pieces that are happening are not a mistake. It's part of a bigger plan. And we need to make sure that our their members understand that um, as as we go through the next several months and as we go into a general election that will be in November, which is not too far away. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I don't have, I guess, a direct answer to the question, but we don't have anybody we're looking to endorse, but we will be as time goes on. Still early in the process. So a lot of people out there, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, General President Sellers. Uh, I think those are some pretty candid answers to a lot of good questions that we have out there. We look forward to having you on in future segments uh, where, once again, if you have a question for the general president, call 844-984-0947. Leave your question there, and you can hear yourself on here asking the general president a question, and you'll get your question answered. Thank you very much for listening in. Thank you.